It's finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm here with one of the one of the connections. So guys, you've all done this. You've 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 met someone randomly. That randomness has developed into something. And then they randomly say, hey, I've got someone I think you should speak to. And you have these random conversations and some of them turn to nothing. And then some of them turn into you getting involved in everything that they're doing and wanting to be a part of everything they're doing and wanting to be a part of the world completely. And then joining their board and willing to like be a part of the change they're making in the world. So it, it goes both ways. And in this particular instance, dear friend of mine, someone who's been on the podcast a couple of times, you must know A. Dizzle. It's like, I've got this person you need to talk to. I'm like, all right, cool. So we had a conversation. I'm like, this Mama C is cool as fudge. We need to be friends. And here we are on the podcast now sharing this amazing, wonderful person with you. Esperanza, please introduce yourself to the audience, letting them know who you are and what you do. Hi, thank you, Dan, so much for having me here and being able to share a little bit of my story and hopefully finding different connections and reflections with stories because that's... (laughs) what we're here doing, you know, sharing these life journeys and these stories. My name is Esperanza Smith. I am the founder and executive director of Pure Esperanza. It is a nonprofit organization. And our mission is dedicated to bringing forth consciousness while educating body, mind, and soul in the art of well-being. That's one of the things that um, was part of a vision that I had and a calling that I am addressing at this time in my life. And it's been kind of writing in the background all the time, but the work that I am as a, as an individual is really based more on this healing modality that I really wasn't even aware of in my own life. Um, I suppose in some ways, you know, what lies in the subconscious and in the unconscious is kind of writing too through that journey. But for me, I think at a very early age, being involved with an awareness of the natural world, an awareness of what some perceive as the invisible world, energy in general, um, not thinking that things were like, you know, psychic abilities or anything like that. And then at some point later on going like, oh, well, maybe that was some of it. But knowing that it wasn't really an accepted thing in society in general, you know, in a lot of different ways. And I learned that at at an early stage because, you know, I had different little experiences with a, a dear friend who was a daughter of a Baptist preacher. And when I shared with her some of my little tricks at that time, like, you know, bending a spoon, which was so popular back then. And of course, I was just a kid, you know, doing some of these things and not really understanding what energy was or, you know, how these laws work. I shared it with her and then she went back and, you know, told her father about it. And that was for a kid that was kind of traumatic because it was, um, you know, she was a, a, a close ally at that time. I I at that time didn't really speak a lot of English. Uh, Spanish was my first language. I lived in a very Caucasian neighborhood and she was my translator, you know, so to have that kind of taken away from me was kind of that first uh, awareness like, oh, don't say that too much out loud, you know, or keep that kind of guarded um, because the chances were that, you know, it was going to remove things that felt safe for me. And that's been a part of that journey um, that, you know, I kind of wove this tapestry, which was absolutely non-conventional, always following 
places in my heart. But, you know, coming to find that, you know, following that path, the heart isn't necessarily an easy one. It's one that's met with a lot of um, different trials, I think, along the way to stand true to that, which I already had come into this experience to have, to actually attest to that truth within me, to live into that wisdom within me. And so I found my way as an educator, a Waldorf educator. I worked in social services before that. Then when I went to have children, I became a natural childbirth instructor, had four home births, helped coach women in natural childbirth, um, had a, a large breastfeeding group of women as a consultant for La Leche League at back in the day and uh, so many different opportunities. And all along, I was really, even in the raising of my own children and becoming a parent, like consciously conceiving my children, it was always about this energy, how I worked with this energy. So when I started to come into early adulthood and had already been practicing with some metaphysics and things like that, because my father was a metaphysician, um, and following lots of spiritual paths, doing a lot of different studies from esotericism to, um, you know, just a lot of other metaphysical studies, as well as practical modalities like, you know, laying of the hands and crystal work and, you know, being able to work into other parts of our consciousness and um, so many dream workshops, just different ways of working with the natural world all around us. And these were really practical tools in a lot of different ways, but they, you know, all that, all that seemed on the outside to be more of that mystery kind of work. I kept kind of a little bit more inwardly to myself and, you know, found these other paths, like I said, as a Waldorf educator steeped in anthroposophy, which is a marriage of spirit and science as well as the foundation. But even with my colleagues, there were pieces of my own understanding that I did not share with them. Yet I was always applying these uh, practices, you know, with my clients, with my students, with my family, with my children, all these different things. And, uh, you know, went through a good portion of my life uh, in a in a long term relationship that ended up in a divorce. Um, so my ex, father of my four children, and I, when we split, it was um, another part of something that I knew I had stepped into. Like years before, I had consciously thought to have my fourth child 10 years after my other children. So they were already almost, they were teens going into teenagehood and um, knew that I wanted to do this stripping down, you know, so we can, you know, from a lot of different modalities, we know that as we're traveling through our own development, we hit these places where we want to know who we really are, you know, and mm -hmm. move that ego identity, whatever that is. And I knew I was stepping into that. I knew I wanted to step into being a mother again in a very different way than all the things that I had identified myself with as a teacher, as, you know, a community outreach person, all these different things. And I even went off the grid at that time, living off the grid, you know, to really just be in my own space and having this experience. And I remember writing a Christmas letter at that time and saying, I'm just learning to crawl. This is coming from a person that was a planner, a doer, you know, got a lot of results done, did a lot of things in life and was accustomed to that way of rolling doing, you know, comfortable. But now I was asking for something about being. Well, I asked for that and I asked for that wholeheartedly, but I didn't know what it would really bring. And that 
actually did bring about, you know, a lot of what had happened and then turned into the divorce, which was a blow up. And I'm talking about, I thought I was being stripped down before I wasn't stripped down until I was stripped down then. And then I really got stripped down. And then I got to the nitty gritty. And I can't tell you, you know, that it was like, oh yeah, I had asked for it. And so then it came and it was all cool because mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was horrifying. It was dark. It was, I, I felt depressed for a couple of years and I was in a dark, dark space and really triggering so much trauma that was there from way before the marriage, way, you know, <laughs> and I would venture to say even into former lives, you know, it was, it was that deep, a lot of it. Um, and it took a while. So here we are, you know, um, over a little over a decade now of all of this transpiring. And um, it has been such a journey of discovery and healing and continually healing. And that's the transformative part. I wrote a book about it in um, Girls Seeking Pearls. And I told that story in a third person as an observer of that part of my being that existed and is still connected to who I am now, but Mm -hmm. is not, you know, I'm more than that story, you know, Mm -hmm. and that story, um, I could see it from a lot of different angles and I could even see it from that pain having been transformed, like walking through the fires. And I think when you and I first met, we had talked a little bit about that and, you know, it took me a while to realize what that journey was. For me, it involved shamanism and energy Mm -hmm. medicines energy medicine. And I actually had crossed that like early on, you know, on my, on my own spiritual journey. And I was like, uh, don't think I want to touch that. And that had so much to do with not wanting to step into places that were too dark or too murky because I feared them. And part of the reason I feared them is because there was a lot of power in that that had not been transformed. And I was really afraid of reclaiming that again. Mm. And so at this time, I'm able to see that I'm even able to see that there were seven death initiations in my life and those were rites of passages and those were so integral in who I am right now and the healing that I wish to bring. Thus, it's manifested this organization as well as it's evolving and manifesting in me at this moment and this juncture that we're in, you know, in in the course of humanity and our evolution, because we're in this transformative state. And I believe that for every level of consciousness that we are, we are being brought to that cutting frontier edge. And we are being called into this evolution of a new human being that we are becoming. (laughs) And this multiple dimensional way of perceiving life so that, you know, it's not anymore a matter of like, oh, that's psychic or that's clairvoyant or that's that these are all natural perceptions of our evolving human being. And some might say it's a superhuman being or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't really matter the name, but it's an expansion of this consciousness that we all are. And that's the the part that I feel is, you know, in perfect synchronicity for me and the transformation that I'm undergoing. But I really venture to say that it's happening at all levels and emerging into more and more consciousness across the planet. 
So it doesn't matter, you know, whether someone is, you know, just scratching on the surface and focused more in just the realm of the body and or physical aspect of, you know, wanting to be well or having well-being. It's translating over into the emotional, into the mental, into places of the mind, which are about our belief systems, Mm -hmm. and then further into our soul, which are like, what are we living into? What is this, this archetype of what's been calling us and kind of traveled with us like a like a theme through lives and then how do we work with this energy that's just raw pure spirit in whatever name you give it but how do we come to that place where we are truly living as the masters of our life and creators co-creating with life itself so that's kind of been the the journey for mm-hmm. me and i would venture to say also that it is a journey that is being undertaken by many simultaneously mm-hmm. right now. And there's a shift that's happening for all of us. And it feels like your work is providing a space almost for those little Esperanzas in the world who maybe are in a new environment with challenges and are looking at their superhuman gifts and they want to tell their little friend Sally or whatever your friend's name was but they don't have a safe space to do that. They don't have a place to go and get information that's structured in a way that invites them to see the gift and not to be in fear. Uh, Space that gives them an opportunity to take these gifts and see an empowering way to have them for themselves and for the world as a whole. And, And to take that, that space and to share it with all who want to step into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, uh, for myself personally, that's part of the work that I'm really focused on right now. You know, the organization is beautiful. It's a, it's a collaboration. It's a vision of many different people like yourself and so many others that are bringing that consciousness in so many different ways. And to for, for it to meet people wherever they are at on their journey of well-being. And then there's that personal space in me that's really honing in on cultivating this gift and this art that I have um, and being able to share that more in a, in a one-to-one and for those that are ready to, to work with this. And just as you said, to, to have that safe place for them, to acknowledge that for them and to allow them to step into the fullness of what their particular expression of source is to be that contribution in the world at this moment in time. And, you know, it, I believe it does travel devoid of time and space. It is in that quantum realm that we're going through the timelines and we're healing the past as well as the future in this moment right now. Mm-hmm. There's, there's been this beautiful evolution i believe you said it's seven almost seven phases that you went through as you went through life um i'm sure that that juxtaposes with shifts like around career and relationship dynamics and children and different big lessons but what i'd love to do is to dive back into the beginning of that you shared that your your father was a metaphysician Mm -hmm. what what is that for the listeners that may not understand what that what that is yeah so my father who I really did not meet 
like meet as him as a soul until I was in my 20s. As a child, I knew that he was a very hardworking, responsible, dedicated man to the family. And that's what I saw him as. And that's, you know, I was just a little girl kind of watching all of this and knowing that the other side of it was that, you know, he had some dark spaces in him from the traumas that he had being uh, an immigrant, having come from a really an abusive situation as a child and a lot of trauma. So he had rage, you know, and there was a bit of fear that lived in that culturally, you know, from our from our cultural background. Uh, he was from Mexico and, you know, there's a strong masculine presence in a lot of that culture. And, uh, you know, so he kind of ruled the house, you know, and there was a, a lot of that. So I'm sharing this because, you know, as children and in these incarnations we come into, we absorb those kinds of different energies that there that are there. Mm-hmm. And for my mother, I think she was looking for a lot of that safety and protection, also having had trauma, also similar parallel stories in different mm-hmm. ways but experienced as a woman, you know, so he had um, this insatiable uh, urge and desire to always learn. So he had this immense capacity to learn and study because he didn't, him or my mother really couldn't get much education beyond the elementary grades. They lived by life and life experience, you know, but uh, he studied with the Freemasons in the Rosicrucian Order, and he introduced me to that probably when I was about maybe eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And I'd say out of all the children in my family, and there are seven of us, and there's a eight year span between myself and the rest of them, my siblings that are all close at, closer in age. But I think some of them kind of dabbled a little bit here and there, but none of them took it up. And then I think he wanted that for me, that I would be able to mm-hmm. take that up. And um, I think at around 11 or 12, you know, I couldn't do that because there were things that were being asked of me in terms of, you know, the purity and stepping into a role of one of those kind of like similar if you're in a church and you, you know, are are an altar boy or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you're, you're doing a ritual of some kind. And, and I couldn't do that because I quickly stepped into some very dark places of myself, but, you know, there was a lot of that, um, promiscuity, drug use, other things that I started to step into, which were pretty dark times for me. And it was actually, for me, a separation from this natural world that I had lived in for a very long time. And there was a real grieving about not really, it seemed like everybody else couldn't really perceive a lot of the things that I was experiencing at an early age, like being with the sun and with the trees and the different elemental beings and being able to experience them and how they nourished me. And it was as if though I had to leave the garden, like in a metaphor, <laughs> metaphoric way, but I believe that that was something my soul had to do. And that kept reoccurring at different times in my life because I would touch these places again where I felt like I was in the so-called garden. And then I would step out again as if my soul had to say, well, it's not enough that you know this place. I often tell people that I didn't land in my body till I was in my forties because I I really could roll in this realm. And part of even teaching was like that association with being with the children. I'm like, this is my element. I can roll with this. You know, we can play, we can have games, we can, you know, and all this creativity of the way we learn and the wonder and all that. But there was these other places that I had to touch in the physical realm and in this world to understand how to live in it, how to be part of it and how to come to do what I did come to do, which was to be part of the healing. Mm. 
So um, that kind of went through my life. And, you know, like I said, I had different teachers along the way. And then I, you know, really stepped into the initiation of motherhood and had that experience of mothering. And there were many golden years. It was really a beautiful time for me in many ways, but there were also dark places that I kind of buffered over fears that, you know, maybe I would be emotionally detached or not able to uh, love the ch- my children the way that I felt I had not been loved or whatever those pieces were. And then that were parts, you know, that I was healing with my own mother and father, but I had different experiences with each of them. And, you know, looking back and talking to my siblings, they all had different experiences. But with my father in particular, there was a lot of healing that happened at his deathbed. And um, he transferred a lot of his information because he had a lot of knowledge in different ways and even knowledge on how to heal himself. But there were parts of him that really wanted to depart and like start over again, you know, so he had diabetes and that's, you know, a lot of his organ functionings failed him and that's ultimately why he passed in this life form you know mm-hmm. but uh there was that transference of information to me at his deathbed which was kind of like one of those experiences where you're not quite in this dimension you're speaking to that soul and you're receiving information mm-hmm. and there was a crossing there and so his and mine relationship was very different than what my what my relationship was with my mother and she transferred information to me too, but there was so much healing that had to be done with her that also directly paralleled healing that I was doing with my own children. Mm. And that was a very important piece because I didn't meet her as a woman till I was in my forties and I could actually start seeing her story and traveling like a young woman into womanhood, similar to what I had done too, you know? Mm. And, um, And once you meet people at that way, whether they're your parents or whomever they are in your life, but you meet them at that soul level and you can extract what the journey has been and see the reflection of your own journey in them, because ultimately we're all reflections of one another. That really is where it comes down to. And um, then you can have a communion, you know, and from that you can learn. So, you know, I would say both my mother and my father and their deaths were part of that initiation, very different from one another. But the ones I believe that affected me the most and definitely had the most radical change for myself were the deaths of my eldest son when he departed as a teenager that had always been a fear because I too had left my home when I was very young and returned home. But that was kind of a fear. Would that happen? And it did, you know, whether that was that I put that out there or that was part of what had to all unfold for his journey, my journey, et cetera. Um, but there were some estranged years. And after that divorce, that was another, you know, um, death initiation. And I won't go into all of those initiations, although I will just say to you that that piece as a mother and having estranged sons for a period of time and seeing that full circle round again um, was a very empowering piece, just as like, I can think back to each of the home births that I had naturally and what that meant for me, not only as a woman, as a mother, but as a human being to experience life in the creation of life and the empowerment, the power behind that. So there's places we all tap into, you know, from our life experiences that are very powerful, whether they were painful or they were super wonderful experiences and every everything in between, but we tap into those moments because they speak to us 
and they're for us and they're like little nuggets for us. And if we can unwrap them to get to the center source, we can actually experience the fullness of our own being, the power that we are. And the more we can embrace that power of who we are, the more free we are. And ultimately, I believe that that freedom is, you know, translates in a lot of ways, but it is this moment also in what I go back to this juncture of this human evolution and about freeing ourselves um, into these beings that we're becoming. How would you, how would you start to try and help somebody understand how you are able, how you've been able to navigate this many initiations? Many people don't last through one. I mean, I, I look at people, for example, who go through, um, someone could be attacked, like mugged on the street, for example, mm-hmm. and, and it crushes them completely. Someone else comes out on the other side stronger. Um, somebody comes from an abusive home, or there's that old adage of the two twins born to an alcoholic father. One becomes an alcoholic and yeah. goes down the same path, and one becomes a lawyer and blah, blah, blah. And they both answer the same way when asked, how did you turn out? At this, they say, look at my father. So we've got that adage, but we've also just got, that's a lot of stuff. It's not, but you, yep. you there's just a, almost a, a Zen-like, is that so appreciation for it without losing the resonance of it at the same time. Am I, am I making sense? Yeah, I think so. And I would have to tell you that, you know, there were times, there's always been a time, literally, in all of those dark places where I have sat definitely, and I'm sure many people can relate to this, completely distraught, completely not knowing if I could survive Mm -hmm. and calling on something that was, Mm -hmm. you know, that I believed somehow I was connected to and was much greater than myself. Mm -hmm. And absolutely on on my knees and you know just down completely shattered you know and and having to call upon something that was so much greater than me to bring me through and i'll say to you that while that's been the case in some situations there have been other situations for instance i had experienced a rape when i was 13 and in that experience you know I didn't go through it the way a lot of people that are rape rape victims express that. For me, there was a lot that I am fully aware that I was engaging in, you know, areas that were not safe or dangerous for me or to be around, all those things. And going through that and having that experience and the moment it was over, and I wrote about this in the book, um, I was actually driven home by the perpetrator and I went to get out of the car and it was in one of those kind of like these psychic places that we go to. And what I mean by that is energetically, it's not quite this dimension. There's something that is outside of ourselves, an energy that we're connected into and it's almost like we're in a little bit of a time warp now that can be a positive experience or a negative experience in this case it was in those darker realms and he looked at me and just bawled tears were just pouring out of his eyes and there was something that was so 
this is the interesting part because the only way I can describe it was uniquely beautiful and profound. Mm -hmm. I saw this child in him so wounded, right? Mm -hmm. And somehow I I could see the mirror in me, like Mm -hmm. directly me. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you that I consciously said, I forgive you. It came out of me. I forgive you. And I mean, it was like a wash, complete wash over me, over him, over all of it. I didn't think that (laughs) into place. It just happened, you know. I'm very thankful for that. You know, that was an experience that was um, like when I look back at it, like it was something that I was learning about compassion that opened my heart. I mean, it opened my heart. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, every death and every death initiation has opened my heart mm-hmm. to places way beyond where I could imagine. Mm-hmm. And I can only feel that it is part of the work that I'm doing. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I wanted to share is I remember laying in bed after the divorce and it was, it was almost at the time of the divorce. It was coming. I could feel it coming. It was about mm-hmm. to happen. I was laying there and there was a bat that had come into the attic of the home that we were renting at the time. And no one was home. And that week was like full of calling the uh, wildlife people to come and take them. And there were, you know, um, protections on the bat in that state and all those kinds of things. And they removed the bat. And I remember laying in the bed after it had left. And I pulled out this medicine cards by Jamie Sam and David Carlson some a tool a divination tool that i've used on and off throughout my life and at times it went away but this time it had come back and i pulled it out i looked up what the bat medicine is like what's the message of the bat and there was you know these pieces and it was contrary for me so it was like an upside down situation about what was being purged and cleansed and If I were to survive that, I would be able to heal with it. And at that moment, I knew that my journey and all, it's like everything clicked in, like a domino effect clicked in to these initiations I had had and this shaman journey. And even back to that point that I had mentioned earlier, that was back in my twenties where I'd crossed the path of shamanism and all of a sudden I was like, oh no, I don't think I want to go there. I don't think I want to visit that. All of a sudden it was like, I, I didn't. So this is where I know that it gets kind of tricky. I don't know. It's something I agreed to do. I'll say it that way. From before, like I had entered this life, that's what I had agreed to do. And I recognized it at that moment. (laughs) So I won't say it's that I had no choice. I would say that it was was a a very pre-manifestation choice. Yeah, it was. And it was, and it remains to be that, you know, and I, mm-hmm. and I knew at that point that I was at another turn mm-hmm. and I knew that I had a choice at that moment of what I was going to do with that, which was right in front of me at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I felt inwardly absolutely determined to survive that 
and to come through that. There were many times I felt like, whoa, I could just take a, a bottle and chug that down. And if I did that, I'll just, it'll go away, right? Uh, there were other ways that that could have played out. You know, I could have been bittered. I could have, oh, here's a big one. There's that seduction of like, I can close my heart. And if I close my heart, you, you know, know, then I will never be hurt again, you know. But inwardly, there was something that was overriding that some indomitable strength that was just saying, you can't and you won't. Mm. And this is what you must do. And mm. very clearly guided. And I won't tell you that I've always been one to follow my guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, part of the learning has been about the times I haven't followed my guidance. <laughs> and, and and then being like, oh, I get it now, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the... Uh, that's the side of it. And that's where I stand at right now that I've been able to now meet those dark places and step into them a lot more fearlessly and developing that within myself. And that's part of it too, because I believe that to have that strength as a healer, whether it's, you know, your loved ones or people that come to you from other places, whatever they might be, and maybe aren't as closely connected in your life, but we are all connected. But to be able to stand witness and hold that sacred space with them so that they can feel the power within them, because we're reflecting that we're giving it back to one another. If I can't do that in myself, I can't do that with someone else. I have to be able to do that. And, and I'm ready. I, that's how I would say part of that agreement is at this moment that I'm ready. And, um, you know, for whatever that means and wherever that's going to take me, I'll know because I'm, I am listening now more than ever than I have been in my life. Um, and again, that's, that seems to be a synchronicity. And I feel that that's aligning more and more with more individuals that are either part of that circle that are, you know, consciously moving that forward or are coming into that and and feeling called to do that as well. So it's a really beautiful time that we're living in. And I would have to say that, you know, I, I just find myself uh, once again, like I was when I was teaching with the kids and when I was raising my kids, I find myself in that wonder, like, oh, my God, this is just like incredible. <laughs> this life is incredible. And I think you've said it too, Dan, you can't lose, you just can't lose, you know? And that's, that's just like, I mean, it's mind blowing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it was uh, such a journey to get to that, to get to this place, you know, and to get to this moment, to understand, to understand that not just in my head, like somebody told me and I was like, Oh yeah, I'll buy into that, you know, but it was like to integrate that. And, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're going about this life journey and we're integrating. Things are arriving to us through lots of different intelligences. It might be in our body, it might be in our emotion or in the mental field or energetically, but we're integrating it all. And that's part of this, what I perceive as this truly holistic place that we are coming to as a collective consciousness. And, um, and, you know, and we're getting there, you know, and and we we see that there's lots of other things, but we 
there's lots of things at work right now in the world, but we can see where we're going to direct our attention. And once we understand how we're directing that, how we're using the energy that we have, like as a whole being, I mean, we are just powerhouses truly of energy. And so how we can work with that and use that in a way for me personally, it's about being able to work with that in a positive way and be that positive contribution to what this changes that's happening for us all. You've shared so much today of yourself, of your story, of your journey, um, of your own lessons. Um, I want to give people as we're coming to a close now, I want to give people the opportunity to continue their connection with you, uh, to tap into some of the resources you put into the world that maybe dives more deeply into not only these ideas and modalities, but these opportunities to find healing for themselves, perhaps to find some solace for gifts that they've renounced from not understanding, perhaps to open up a heart that they closed because they made a different choice when faced with with different challenges and dark times. You've mentioned a book. Um, I know that you're you're active over on Twitter quite quite, quite a lot because we're putting some stuff out there and that you're, you're putting some writing and written pieces into the world. What's the best place for people to connect with you also to connect to, to the nonprofit Pure Esperanza yeah. and the things that you're doing there. Um, we're going to pop everything in the show notes, but for people to hear from you, like where are some places that they can connect with you? So uh, for myself personally and the work that I'm doing with healing and um, educating and as the artist that I am, and I think of that as an artist of life, but certainly, you know, with different forms of that and speaking as well, that would be esperanzasmith.com. And that's a website there that you can go to and you can see some of the different uh, work and classes that I have. Some of those will be offered also through Pure Esperanza, along with many other educators, practitioners, healers, and artists as well. And um, you're, you're highlighted there too, Dan, and thank you for being on our board as well. And um, and then the work of the nonprofit, which is, you know, way beyond anything that any of us are doing. It's just part of that movement that's going forward, and along with a lot of other, I think, organizations that are popping up and emerging with that same kind of vision. Um, that's at pureesperanza.org. And there you will see um, on the community page, lots of other individuals that are offering services as well. And you'll find inspiration and healing tools for yourself in different ways. So look at the shop there too, because there are different uh, divination tools. We'll be adding more on there that can help in the healing journey. And I would say, you know, when you encounter, whether it's through reading classes, courses, you know, items that you have that are helping you on your journey and, you know, whatever those healing tools are, I would say, trust, you know, develop and cultivate that trust to what resonates with you and what you're drawn to. It's just like, you know, it'll tap you into one thread and then it'll start unraveling. And, you know, soon you're just rolling with this, you know, much bigger piece to what your journey is all about for you. And so that's the, uh, the part that I think is important. There is no one way. There are lots of ways. And you know, because there's something that resonates within you. And we all have that, you know, and to different degrees, we've listened or not listened to that. So this is a time for people to be able to tap into that and trust that more. And we're here about, you know, really empowering that um, for individuals that might work personally, as well as the organization. So those are some ways. Um, the book, 
Girl Seeking Pearls, that's available at uh, on both of the websites um, that'll get you there. And certainly that's a journey about transformation. It's a quick read, um, but I believe it's power packed punched with a lot of uh, deep, yeah, diff- different places that you'll be able to travel to. Um, told beautifully, you know, because it's, you know, I, I think of it often, even in how the writing came about, that it was kind of almost in a dream-like state, like when you remember dream and it's kind of like you remember it like inside the clouds, but then it's clear and you're weaving around and that's what that journey was like mm-hmm. and um, and has been like in different ways. But I think when you tap into that, uh, you'll, you'll feel the power of that too. And that's, I guess, ultimately it's a dream, you know, we're, we're all living this for a very short period of time. And then we're, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then there's this, you know, metamorphosis that we're doing continually with that dream, you know, and um, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful to be able to have that. So I, I say that in the, in the truest sense, you know, we hear a lot of positive kind of things nowadays. And certainly I've lived to see long enough, a lot of things that were, much more in the esoteric side to become mainstream, you know, and um, it's always so interesting to watch that, but that is an affirmation too, that things are evolving and moving forward. And, you know, we don't need to be scared of anything, you know, uh, for me personally, as a lifelong learner, it's always been intriguing and interesting for me to learn so much about everything around me. And I know that's where you and I connect a lot too, because I feel that from you, you know, that you, you enjoy exploring mm-hmm. and, uh, this journey is about that. It's an exploration. Yes, indeed. Esperanza, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence, with your wisdom, with your love, with your light, your energy. Guys, head over to esperanzasmith.com and pureesperanza.org to connect with your organization and be a part of what's going on there. We'd love to hear from you. Um, share this episode with someone who could take something from Esperanza's journey. Make sure you go ahead and grab the book, Girl Seeking Pearls. I will pop a link for that in the in the show notes also. Please do give us, let us know how, what you think about this episode. Head over and, and, and write a review and let us know what you think. But most importantly, share this with one person who could benefit from this story. Guys, until next time, keep dreaming with your eyes open. It is just a dream after all. You can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life, regardless of the dark times that you're going through. We're all here to contribute and add to our energy, to the overall consciousness of life, to take what we can and take it on to the next part of the journey. Until then, guys, bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.